Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show, this special edition with my friend Steve Ray. Welcome, Steve Ray, to the Terry and Jesse Show, brother. Just happy to join you. you? I'm, we, we are very like-minded, and uh, it's always a good show. It always goes very fast. Well, you know what, Steve? I have to say, many people still confuse me as Steve Ray because we have the same barbershop haircut. But uh, I, And I, I consider that a compliment because... I want to just set the stage here for our listeners. This is a special show called Keeping Our Kids Catholic in Spite of Scandal, whether it's the government scandal or even inside the church. Because the last time I looked, we worship Jesus Christ. And I keep repeating that because sometimes people get off out of their lane and they start spending a lot of time trying to solve the problems of the country and of the church when really we have what we call a, a principle of subsidiarity. That means working on the local level, our family, our parish. And I like to say that I think, Steve, out of the people I know, and I know a lot of people, I've met your grandchildren and your kids. Uh, I've actually spent time at their home. Then they came and, and spent some uh, time at my house in the summertime. And we had such a great time. And the kids were so wonderful. And I don't mean just wonderful in the sense of polite and no, they were fun. When we went swimming, we sang songs, we cooked together. We just had a great time. And I'd like to ask you, as the, as the grandfather and the father of these kids, um, what can we share with our listeners that's going to help families today in 2024 stay focused on our Lord and our family and our local parish rather than on the big picture of the government or even the, the uh, hierarchical church right now where some things are coming out that are just scandalous. How do we stay focused on Jesus Christ? Well, I don't think we need to even have the part in spite of scandal, how to keep our kids uh, Catholic true. and faithful, because, you know, even evangelical Protestants, they're not having some of the scandals we uh, have. They have their own problems and scandals, do. but they're losing their kids just as fast as Catholics yeah, are. That's true. So, how do you keep our kids Catholic maybe in the modern world? Because the modern world is just reaching out to grab them and pull them away. And the problem, I think, is in families today is mom and dad are not taking their job seriously. They have other priorities. They are out making money. And that's it, it's hard. The economy's hard today. You've got to work hard. And sometimes moms and dads both feel they have to work to make an income. Um, others are sacrificing big time to want the mother to stay home. Uh, but but it's a, the world out there right now is putting a lot of pressure on. And the parents are not as available to the children as they used to be in the past. And you've got television, yeah. which is informing our kids. You've got those that are going to public schools or even Catholic schools or private schools are yeah. getting influenced by those students who, and every everywhere you turn, the world is informing our kids and sucking the life of of God and the whole teaching of the truth out of them. And so I'm surprised that more kids don't leave. Man, when I hear families that have kids that stay Catholic, I'm surprised because yeah. I know how the world is just a, a huge, um, it's a huge vortex just sucking at our kids all the time. So it, it all comes down really to the family. Yes. And um, I, I don't mind talking about my kids and grandkids. They know I do. <laughs> um, I'm proud of them. And, um, and I have, I'll just say this, Terry, when my wife and I got married, we were evangelical Protestants. We right. didn't have the sacraments. We didn't have all the extra blessings and uh, sure. power of the Catholic church behind us. 
but we did have a love of Jesus Christ and scripture. And we had a, we, we made a mission statement when we got married mm -hmm. and it was only two points, a very simple mission statement. We were going to prove to the world that a man and a woman could stay married in a monogamous relationship, faithful together and have Jesus Christ as the center of their life. <laughs> Amen. And we were going to prove that we could raise kids that would do the same. Wow. And it worked, Yep. but sure did. it didn't work automatically. It worked because there was a lot of effort put into it. Yes. In other words, when somebody asked me, I had my own business. So if somebody asked me, oh, what do you do? I could say, I own my own business. And I, you know, yeah. but I didn't say that. If somebody ever asked me, what, what are you? Yeah. I'd say, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, no, I, I mean, what, <laughs> oh, what do you mean? What do I do for a living? Yeah. That's a different question. That's not who I am. Right. I'm number one, a disciple of Jesus Christ. Number two, I'm a husband and a father. And number three, I have to make money to support the first two. So I have a job and this is what I do. Now, I always took my job very seriously. I worked 100 hours a week at times when I was getting my business started. Sure. But my business was always not an end in of itself. The business was always a way to be a Christian and to take care of my family. Sure. That I didn't get my Your priorities were in line. That's right. And I didn't get my identity yeah. from my yeah. business. Right. And I start I've I've like you Terry. Mm -hmm. I've started and sold businesses and sure. run businesses and I mean, I've started several, you know, I make, I have a movie company that That's we right. did. I have yeah. a speaking and all that. I had a big, I had 600 employees at one time making, yep. you know, roughly $12 million in sales a year. But I sold that because sure. I wanted to, as well, I yeah. got older, I wanted to do what I do now. Sure. So in other words, it's all a matter of priorities, moms and dads, where's your priorities? And you tell me where your priorities will, and I'll give you a pretty good idea where your kids are going to be when they're 25 years old. Let me give you an example of what you just said. I know this story. I don't know if the, the, our listeners know this, but Jesse, your son, told me, or you told me, uh, the story when he was in high school. And he did something regarding the uh, protection of the unborn. And you backed him on it. Can you tell that story? Because that, that, to me, speaks volumes of who your son is. Well, I... We raised our kids very, I was tough on my kids. I expected a lot from them because the kids were raised, rise to the level that you expect of them usually. Sense. And if you don't expect much, you're going to, you're going to get exactly what you expect. But I remember my son was 16 years old. I taught him the use of money. That's another whole story. Yes. I, I taught them about money and how to use it. And so by the time he was 16, he'd saved up enough money to buy his own brand new car at the Ford Motor. Wow. So I drove him down to Ford's and he bought a Ford oh. Explorer yeah. with his own signature. And his, I had to sign because he's only 16, but yeah. it was his own money. So when he got home, he said, I said, um, take good care of that car. Sure. He said, yeah, okay, good. But daddy says, I, I, he had a club of guys that he made uh, in our parish. And they were guys that wanted to be holy like he did. And they, they really, he found these guys and they made friends and they encouraged each other. Mm -hmm. Like when they would go to an amusement park, like here we have Cedar Point where, you know, the roller coasters, it's a big, and they had something that they called a babe alert. They go, babe alert, babe alert. And it meant there's a girl coming up that doesn't have much clothes on. Oh. All of us are going to look away. Wow. We're, Babe alert. So we're all going to look away until she goes past. We're not going to. And they they held each other accountable for what they looked at. Wow. And what they thought about. Okay. And so these guys had this club. Well, this one Saturday, they decided to go to the um, to the lumber yard and they bought big pieces of plywood 
Now this got started because I he, one day he he wanted to get it. He said, "Dad, I think I'm going to get an earring and some tattoos." Jeez, <laughs> really? I don't remember that. I said, "Not in this house." Not. He was testing me. Yeah. You know, sure. If a kid's not 16 thinking of those things, he's not exactly. They're gonna. I want my kid to, sure. you know, to sure. So I said, "But not in this house." Yeah. You're not going to do that. And I said, when you get older, you go on your own, you do what you want. But I said, not in our house. And I said, but why would you want to do that anyway? He said, uh, to be different, Dad. And I said, so you want to be different by being like everybody else. Everybody else is getting tattoos and body piercing and who knows what else. And I said, Jesse, if you want to be different, if you want to stand out, be an authentic Catholic. Mm. There's no way to be more countercultural and different than to be a Catholic. And he took me up on it. Yep. So this Saturday, these guys went and bought this plywood at the lumberyard and they painted it white. And then they wrote big signs in black and red, all pro-life signs. Sure. And they decided to drive around Ann Arbor, Michigan. That's a big university town, one of the most liberal towns yes, right. anywhere you're going to find. So they took off in the morning, and I said to my wife, this is going to be interesting with those bi that big ba the plywood banners on top of his car and, this, and his five buddies in the car. And the, with a, they're driving all through Ann Arbor. He said, Dad, we never had so much fun. He says, people were giving us the flipping us go, the yeah. bird all day and cursing us, and we'd roll down the window and says, God loves you and save the babies. And they said, Dad, we never had more fun in our whole life. And they came home, and they smoked cigars, and they played cards out in the garage <laughs> for the rest of the day. Now – you know, these are these guys formed this club and they had fun. It wasn't some stodgy religious right. thing, but they were real teenage guys. Yes. And they had fun together yeah. and they smoked cigars together. That's and funny. when they're at our house, they could have beers because, you know, in moderation, we'd have we'd have a party, get pizza and beer for these guys. And they loved it. Guess what? These guys still meet each other. They still know each other. Wow. They still, with families, still encourage each other to be holy and moral and in their family life. But one of the things you can't make Christianity so stuffy yeah. and self-righteous and limited. You've got to let kids be free to to enjoy life, sure, but teach them how to think about what's right and wrong and to make the right decisions. And you've got to um, expect a lot from them. So, but now, okay, Jesse. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm sure he doesn't mind me talking about him. He knows oh, he's a great, uh, great he man. Knows, I'm now. proud of him. I he's got eight kids now. That's right. All of them love the Lord. Mm -hmm. They homeschooled him. Steve, let me ask you a question before you turn yeah. on to Jesse. We're going to take a quick break. Yep. But I, I think this is important because St. John Paul II wrote a letter back in 1994 saying that the way the family goes is the way the culture goes. And so I've asked Steve Ray to come on board here for the Terry and Jesse show to share what he did with his kids and his grandchildren. And I got to tell you, I'm an eyewitness. I've met the kids and they are outstanding uh, lovers of Jesus Christ. And I would also great citizens of the country, too. They love this. Oh, country. Yeah. I know that. So when we come back, I'm going to have Steve tell us a little bit about Jesse, who I had his eight children at my house a couple summers ago. Boy, did I enjoy that. They should come back anytime. We'll be back in a moment with the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. I'm on the edge of my chair, smiling. Why? Because my good friend Steve Ray's talking about his family, who I've met personally, and talking about how do we keep our kids Catholic? Hey, there they are. There's a good picture of them right there. 
That's Jesse and his family right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. That's my daughter, Cindy. Yeah. I got to see if this works right. And my two daughters here. Right. And this was three years ago. Yeah. And we have um, two new babies since then. That happens. That happens. And there's yeah. the proud parents. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, Anna I'm proud of them. And Steve. So let's, so the, let's get back so to Jesse. Jesse yeah, go ahead. About my Jesse. son Jesse has eight kids. Yeah. And three of them now are at Ave Maria University in Florida. And... Um, we we really emphasized education with these kids too, but it was homeschooled. Right. And I was over there last weekend. Uh -huh. We were there for um, four days and just sitting around in the living room. All they want to do is discuss philosophy and theology yeah, and, and sports. And then they discussed politics and, and yep. what's the best form of government. And, yeah, good question. And, and it's just incredible that and they're getting 4.0s, all of them. Are. I love and then it. my daughter has three kids in university, too. You want to feel old. I don't yeah. I have six grandkids, not kids, <laughs> six grandkids in university. Yeah, that's incredible. That's and incredible. I don't mind bragging. I know that you, you asked me to come on and talk about my family. I and did. I, I and, did. And, and I not every family has success stories. Um, and and there's a lot of reasons why they may not. And I'm not in any way trying to, you know, toot my own horn. But the whole goal of this was that it can be done. Yes, it can be and done. Catholic families can resist the culture. You can set up a culture in your home. We talked off the phone before uh, today yeah. about we told our kids we were going to start a club Yeah, and our family was a special, unique, exclusive club. You can't join this club. You can only get born into it and don't ever do anything stupid to get kicked out of this club. It's mm -hmm. going to be the most valuable thing you ever have. Yep. And so our kids grew up knowing that this was a cool club to be part of. And we always tried to make it fun too, but, but it was, or dad and mom were always, with the kids. If I did something, I took them with me. Mm -hmm. I included them in everything. And then they, they want to be like that. And um, they're, they're doing the same with their kids as that we did with them. So. Of course, of course. And, and Steve, one of the things I noticed, and I, I try to implement this, we, we have entertainment nights. And, and I mean, sure, we read our Bible, we pray our rosary, but the adult kids come over now, my adult kids, with the grandchildren, with a guitar, and they play songs. And yep. some of them write their own songs, and I saw, and I just had to laugh because you personally, I, I really, you know, I love your family, so you know that I am very interested in what they're doing. So sometimes you send me a video of the kids, and I would say thank you. I need it. Brought it, it made me smile. Well, I noticed the kids were playing guitars, and yep, you had. They have five guitars. They had four. And when we were down there, I bought them another one because <laughs> there was one kid always wanting to, but, oh, yeah. but they didn't have one. So now they got five Good. and they play and they, they, they sing all kinds of stuff. They, they'll sing anywhere from Beatles music to yeah. the, the gospel hymns, you know, sure, sure. they have the hymns going on. The, on yeah. And we, with our kids, we didn't have television. I think the number one That's thing a, fam a Catholic yeah. family do is get rid of the television. Mm -hmm. Now, I have a television. You, you can see it's big. I've got a big widescreen television yeah. on the wall there. Mm -hmm. And when the kids come over, we watch movies together. Sure. But we, they're, they're good movies. They're Controlled old classics. Yep. They're, they're like Chariots of Fire. Oh, I love that. 1981. You know, yeah. those kind of movies we watch. And we discuss them. We don't just say, you can't talk. We discuss the movies. And we say, that, that's wrong what that guy did. And the grandkids will jump in and they'll make their comments. Good. But, but it's... When we were at Jesse's house, because he's got eight kids, yes. the basement is this huge couch, all these, and they're all sitting on there together and they have popcorn <laughs> and 
it was fun because that we had bought some different kind of beers that day and all the kids, even the little guy, everybody got to taste the different kind of beers. Yeah. But you know what that does is it makes it so the kids don't feel like they have to go away from home to find out about alcohol and stuff yeah. like that. You know, well, it's, it's within the family. Yeah. Jesus yeah. drank wine with his family, you know, Moderation. And, and, and we watched the movies yeah. and the movie that we watched was the hill. I don't know if you've seen it. I it's a not, new movie. It. Yeah. It's about a boy who's got spinal problems and bad legs, but he but he becomes a pro baseball player. Yeah. And his father's a Baptist preacher. And it is just a, a movie that is rich with stories and heroism and dads making mistakes and then telling their sons are sorry for the mistakes. And it's just a great family movie. So we all sat there, ate pizzas and watched the movie together. And then for an hour after, discussed the movie. Yes. So this is... This is the kind of thing that, you know, and our kids never had a TV or computer in their bedrooms. Wow. The TV and computer were always in the middle of the house. Of we never connected the cable. Yeah. We watched, we put in videos or DVDs. Yeah. We watch movies together yeah. that we, you know, we, you don't have all the crappy commercials. Exactly. Anymore. Anyway, that's, there's a lot of things that can be done, but it's, it's really, I think the whole onus of responsibility lies with dad. Exactly. He's the king. If the mom takes the kids to church every Sunday, oh, they may or may not go to church when they get older. But statistics are dad takes yeah. them and dad goes. 90% of those kids will go to church later in their adult life. That's right. Dads are crucial. And that's the problem with America is dads are absent. And Steve, you made a comment about taking the kids everywhere you go. Yeah. Uh, I did that. Uh, my kids love Home Depot. When I was uh, <laughs> growing to Home Depot, Home Depot might not be in your neck of the woods, but it is. Okay. It is. But they were fascinated by it. We would go on Saturdays and we'd build once a month. We'd always go to the first Saturday and build something like a birdhouse or whatever it was. And they yep. just looked forward to that. Yep. And, and I'll, give, I'll be honest with you. Now my grandson is doing the same thing. And, yep. and Steve, I just want to toot my horn, but I'm just going to say even the grandchildren today, I have a three and a half year old grandson. And he said to me, you talk about philosophy and theology. He said, Grandpa, Grandma, can I ask you a question? I said, sure, and certainly. He says, can you tell me how God brings a soul to heaven? <laughs> Three and a half years old. And he's already yep. thinking about, why is that? It's because we read the Bible. We talk about heaven. We talk about our Catholic faith. as It's, uh, it's a natural thing. It's yep. not even, it's like, well, doesn't everybody? So what does he do this week at the, at the, um, at the playground? When I'm watching him at the playground, he gets all the kids and says, Come on, kids, we're going to heaven. Follow me. <laughs> and, you know, all of his little friends there, they're three, four-year, five-year-olds, and yeah. they're running. Now, I, again, do they understand what heaven is? We don't all fully, but, but the point of it is, is this, you, you inculcate them into the children that, um, that God is very normal to be in our life. It's not like, I mean, they're the weirdos out there in the secular world, Steve. And you know yeah. what? My kids said that to me. Dad, not everybody thinks like us. I'll never forget. Didn't your kids ever say that to you, Steve? Oh, sure. We're, we, we are supposed to be different. We're yes. peculiar people. <laughs> and, and we should stand out from the world and be different from the world. And, mm -hmm. I, and I made our kids, they made proud. You know, Jesse, one time, Tell me. we had a daughter that wanted to be a conformist. She didn't want to, oh, you know, yeah, she liked that. being a. So what Jesse did, to, he did this fun thing. This is... They went to an old uh, resale shop. Yeah. And they bought 
clothes. Okay. The worst clothes, yeah, the most bizarre things, you know, you look like a clown on them. Yeah. And he says, we're going to go out and we're going to buy these clothes at this retail store, this old, you know, secondhand shop. Yeah. And we're going to dress up. And then you and I are going to spend the day going around town, downtown Ann Arbor. We're going to go to lunch. We're going to go to the bookstore. But we're going to be dressed so bizarre that we're not going to, everybody's going to stare at us. And my daughter said, Jesse, I don't want to do that. But they did it. And they had so much fun because they were like clowns. They're going around. Everybody was staring at them. But my daughter got over her self-consciousness about that. Who cares if people look at you, you know? And and they dressed up so weird that day and funny. And they talked about that for months. That's incredible. Steve, talking about your grandchildren and your children, and you are now, you know, uh, seeing the fruit of what your wife and Janet and you did, you know, 40 years ago and getting married. My question to you, I know you talked about the father being the key in a successful family. Oh, yeah. Okay. But can you also talk a little bit about mom and the role mom plays in supporting dad, because I think that's a huge element that some guys listening going, well, yeah, I tried it, but I, I don't have a wife that's, uh, you know, how do we get mom on board with dad's leadership today in a world that well, we live in? There's a very, it's a very rare woman that won't love her husband being a good godly husband and loving her and loving her kids. Yeah. Um, most women have the problem of absentee husbands who are grouchy, True. come home That's tired. The they don't, yep. you know, and they just ignore the kids or yell at them. Um, it's a very rare woman. That's why Paul says that husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church, which means you lay down your life for her. And then he says, women submit to your husbands, honor and respect them. But what woman won't if her husband lays down his life for her, exactly. like Jesus did for the church, she's going to, it's a, it's a rare woman who won't. Yeah. So my wife and I, I said, I don't mind being the head of the home that's yeah and she right. said you i want you to so our attitude was i was going to be the disciplinarian i was going to be the leader so to speak and the feminist movement has has lied to women about of course all of they this. have and and my wife would get on here right now uh, but she doesn't like doing radio well, so she's shy um, but she would jump right in here more vociferous about this than I am. But I was the disciplinarian. I was the led the family. My wife was the nest builder. Yeah. She was the nurturer. And I said, if you, we will never, we made a goal that we would never disagree with each other in front of the kids. Now, maybe we maybe about whether we're going to have hamburgers or hot dogs yeah. for dinner. That's not, but I mean, if, if one of my kids came and said to me, dad, can I do this? And I said, no. And if they went then to mom and said, mom, can I do this? And we found out that they went or they did that. Mm-hmm. We would both come at them in a united front with both barrels blasting and they would, they would be in big trouble. And for you that. should. Yep. And so we always made up our mind that we were, and if we didn't know what to say, we would tell the kid, look it, we'll get back with you tomorrow. And then we'd go behind closed doors and we'd discuss it. And then we'd come out with a united front because, when you know, there's the old saying, united we stand, divided we fall. And right. a husband and a wife need to work together as a team. And we're, and the father needs to wear the pants in the family. I don't care. I know there's going to be women out there, not on your show, but um, but a lot of women, they want, they've sure. fallen for the feminist stuff. But the fact is, is that if a woman and a man work together as a husband and a wife, they can raise good kids. 
Let me, there's going to be one that falls through the crack once in a while. but Sure. Well, we're going to take a break in a minute, but I want to get a plug for all the great work you're doing as a CatholicConvert.com website in the sense of going out with conferences and also uh, pilgrimages. Could you share a little bit about what's going on and how people can join you? Yep, CatholicConvert.com. It's like the hub of the wheel. Everything you could go. It, there's one takes you off to our pilgrimage site. Another one to my store with my books and stuff. Another one where I've got hundreds of conversion stories, hundreds of documents people can print out that I've written for to use for them. But anyway, um, our pilgrimages we've we've had to postpone four trips to Israel right. in the last um, couple months: November, December, January, February. We got a little Christmas carol playing here on the clock. It'll and be as you time. should, it's the Christmas season, brother. Yeah, and so. Um, but what we've done is it's sad to lose those trips. We're yeah. going to just postpone them. Yeah. But we are, we've included now to make up for it a little bit, uh, Ireland. Good. We're going to take a group to Ireland and it's called the Catholic heritage of Ireland. We're also going to Portugal, Spain, and France. Awesome. We're going to see Lords and Fatima. We also did two local ones, St. Augustine, Augustine in Florida and shrines, the shrines of Wisconsin with Cardinal Burke. We'll be right back with Steve Ray. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Steve Ray joining me, CatholicConvert.com. Find out all about what Steve's doing. Not only is he doing pilgrimages, talks, He's also got lots of good articles on his website. Steve, I was in Ireland, I'll tell you the year, 2018 with you, with my bride, and it was a fantastic trip. I'll never forget it. And I would encourage our listeners that these pilgrimages, whether it's to the Holy Land or to Marian shrines, <coughs> it, it really confirms you in your faith. And I really mean that because you learn so much about the history of our church, and the great saints. And I just think that this is a game changer. And Steve, I know you've told stories about entire families that have gone to the Holy Land and have just you know, had major conversions in their family life. But I would also add that these shrines in Europe have a profound effect on individuals and on families. So Steve, again, can't they also watch some of these videos on your website that they can actually yeah. see some of the things that you take them to? On my website, catholicconvert.com, and then go to the Footprints of God, the oh, pilgrimage yeah. site. Yeah. If you go right on the homepage there, it says past pilgrimages. Yeah. If you go on those, I make two-hour movies of every trip we take. Awesome. And so you can actually take a virtual tour That's right. to, through Ireland because I made a, a two-hour movie of Ireland, two-hour movies of Lourdes and Fatima, of Guadalupe, all those trips. And, and so I've got up there hundreds of, over a hundred wow. two-hour movies that you can watch of these pilgrimages and you can kind of do a virtual tour. Wow. And you can see how we do them ahead of time too. Yeah. That's why a lot of times people say, well, I like the way Steve Ray does pilgrimages. Oh, I, and that's Our trips sell out. You know what my, my line is to people when they ask me about pilgrimages? This is my line. The top of the food chain for going on Catholic pilgrimages is with Steve Ray. And I, I offend some of my friends. And they say, why? I said, because I've experienced it. I said, I've been on, I, I, before I even met you, Steve, I was at the St. Maximilian Colby's canonization with the tour in 1982, October. And I had a, a, a nice time. And it was a nice pilgrimage, but nothing like yours. Then I think I went to Padre Pio's uh, canonization in June of 
2002, same thing. It was okay, yeah. but it's not. Just, I, I'm not, I, now, th- you don't pay me to say this. I guarantee you, folks, he doesn't. <laughs> but I really mean that. What Steve does is he gives historical perspective. He also gives you a good accommodations, good food. Uh, the, the time I had with the meals with people were just outstanding people. Yep. So, and, and the guides and the priests are crucial. You have yeah. to have really good Catholic guides. Yeah. And uh, because otherwise you can go to the Holy Land and you may get a Jewish guide. You may get a yeah. and they got to speak good English. So I, I don't never take any of that by chance. I always choose my guides very carefully and, and the priests that go with us as well. So, yeah. Steve, here's a question that I think mom and dad ask. Um, my wife and I were pretty prayerful. We we uh like holy hours before the Blessed Sacrament. We read our Bible every day. The the kids saw us praying. We prayed the rosary with them. Uh, so they saw that, you know, I, I, I say this because when I was a child, when I saw my dad on his knees praying with his hands in his face, I realized when I was about four that there's something more powerful than dad. Yeah. And it was God. <coughs> so right. my question to you is how do we inculcate uh, prayer in in our young people's lives, and how do we how do you describe what prayer is to a young person who says, uh, "I'm not sure, you know, how I pr- how can I pray, Dad? What advice well, would you give?" The father is in the place of God in a way when yeah. the little kid's growing up. And if my my little kid needs something, yeah. I say, "What do you do if you need something?" Well, we come and ask you, yeah. right? And when you where do you think where do I go? I go and ask God. Exactly. So, <coughs> I got a cold. No problem. <coughs> but it's the exact same thing is that kids have to learn that there is somebody bigger and yep. they hear me pray and you include them, but they'll also know yeah. that they come and ask me for things. I take care of them. Yeah. And then <coughs> they see that in me. Yeah. And eventually I wean them off of me. Yes. Their heavenly father. Exactly. They depend on the earthly father. They can't understand the heavenly father, yeah? But you wean them off of you and wean them off to the heavenly father. Steve, one other key point that I could hear mom and dad asking, and you did this with Jesse when he was 16 years old, but, you know, you and I, when we were teenagers, we thought we were invincible. I mean, that's just how you are. I mean, there's nothing I can't do. I can't. And I'm never going to get old and die. Yes, exactly. And so... Uh, at that point, when you have teenagers, because lots of people constantly ask me about my teenage son, my teenage daughter has bought into this or to that, and what can I do? And my answer is way before their teens. <coughs> I want to hear what you have to say. Well, yeah, they, they need to be grounded long before they get into a position to be taken away. Mm-hmm. If, if they don't see the reality of it, then mom and dad. And I don't just mean that mom and dad pray and love Jesus. I mean that when we, when our kids were young, yes. the Jehovah's Witnesses would come to our door oh, yeah. and my wife would say, oh yeah, we'd love to have a meeting with you. And so I'd come home from work and she'd say, Steve, the Jehovah's Witnesses are coming next Tuesday at seven. I said, oh great, thanks. I love it. But what would happen was <clears throat> I said to the kids, you want to have some fun? I said, seven o'clock, we're going to, we're going to sit around the living room and these two people are going to come in and they don't believe what we do. And we're going to have a discussion. And when I'm talking to them, you try and figure out how you would answer them. And then we'll talk about it later. So they came and they, the Jehovah's witnesses didn't do very well. Let's say imagine. 
And the kids were just like, oh, it was like a fight going on. It was like a video game or something. <coughs> and they loved it. Yeah, they do. And then, so, and we had atheists come sometimes, and then the Mormons would yeah. come. And we included, during dinner, uh, we didn't have the TV on during dinner. Imagine that. And at dinner, we would discuss difficult things. Yes. They would come up with a question like something is happening, and they see something, and I said, well, okay, let's figure this one out here. Now, Cindy, when she was young, she's a philosopher now. Yeah. And she said to me about eight years old, Dad, when I get older, I don't know if I'm going to believe in God like you do. I'm she good. said, I, I might decide there's not a God. She said, I'm, I'm, I got to think about that. Yeah. I said, well, Cindy, why don't you think about it now and let me know what you come up with. You're a smart girl. And I could see she was thinking and I wasn't going <laughs> to say anything to her. I want, I want to teach my kids to think. I don't want to tell them what to think. Right. I want them to learn how to think. For two weeks, she's, I could tell she was thinking. And then she came to me two weeks later and she said, Dad, I, I've concluded that there is a God. This eight-year-old girl. I said, okay, how, how did you, how, I'm curious, how did you come to that conclusion? She said, well, our house, we have things on the walls, pictures everywhere on the walls. And somebody had to paint those pictures, put them in a frame and hang them on the wall. Mm. When I go outside, she said, I see the same thing. I see beautiful trees and sunsets and butterflies and hummingbirds. They didn't just get there by chance. Somebody had to make them and put them there. Wow. And that had to be God, she wow. said. So at, from that point on, and I always talk to her about sex. Yeah. From the time, because if you, you, if get you the think you're going to wait birds. until the yeah. kids get to be teenagers no, 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 to talk about the birds and the bees, no. it's already too late. I agree. They've seen it on, on pornography. They, yes. You've got to tell, talk to them before. I wanted to be the first one to ever talk to my Makes kids sense. about sex. So you, you ask my daughters now, they'll say, we never had any problem in that area because dad talked to us right from the beginning. We never had, we knew what it was all about. Yes. I remember the time, Terry, when we came home late, we lived in the country mm -hmm. and there was a two track back to the cornfield and we came in late and, and my daughter was with me. And I saw a car parked in the cornfield mm -hmm. right across from our house. I don't want them parking back there. I no. know what they're doing. Sure. I pulled up the car behind him in that cornfield, and I put the, put bright, the bright lights on. on. Of course. And there were two bare butts in the back of the window of yep. that station wagon. Yep. And I just kept the brights on, and I laid on the horn. Beep. Yeah. Good. And we watched him get dressed in that car. Yeah. This, the back windows were all steamed up. And my daughter said, Dad, what are they doing? And I said, we'll talk about that in the morning. It'll be a good conversation. So that we let them drive that they took off in the morning. She came down and she said, dad, I think I know what they were doing in that car. And I said, what, what do you think they're doing? She said, well, we have rabbits and we have goats and we have chickens sure. and I know what they do. And then babies come. Yep. She said, yep. I think that's what they're doing. So then I did this whole thing. Do you, why do you think she let that boy do that? Why do you think it, do you think she feels like a princess this morning? She went there hoping that he'd love her and feel she'd feel like a princess, but now she feels used and yep. dirty. Yep. What if she had what if she's now got syphilis? Do you think the boy said to her, you know, to the girlfriend, Well, by the way, I have herpes and syphilis before he messes with her? And what if she catches AIDS? What if she's pregnant now? Is he gonna take care of the baby? And my daughter, she's she's under 10 years old, but she said to me later, and she tells people this, she said, Dad, talk to me. She said, those are the those are the reasons why I avoided the problems. Dad loved me and he was willing to talk to me about that when I was little, so I would understand it. This is what I mean by dads need to be dads. Yeah. 
because I know my daughters were very strong-willed, more than my son. Mm. If I hadn't been a strong father, who knows where they would be today? Yeah. But where are they? They're all married to wonderful husbands Good. and wonderful kids. And I told every boy that wanted to have friendships with my daughter, I said, you have to come over and meet me first. Good. And so a boy would like my daughter and she'd say, well, dad says you have to come meet him. So he'd come over. We'd sit around. And I said, do you like my daughter? He says, yeah. I said, well, now you're accountable to me, young man, because she's my daughter. And I spent <laughs> a lot of money on that girl and I'm not going to lose my investment. I said, so just remember that if you touch her inappropriately, I will break both of your legs. <laughs> I love and it. it was known. It became known as the broken leg speech. Yeah. My daughters loved it. Of even course they would. Even the, the younger one, Emily, she would say, Dad, are you going to give him the broken knee speech? Oh, yeah. The military guy, my one daughter married an army guy, mm -hmm. and they met on an airplane. He was going to Iraq. They fell in love over email. Mm -hmm. He came back home, and he wanted to meet me, you know, to family. Not to get married yet, but to meet me. And I yeah. said to him, I said, I'm, I really, my daughter's a very um, wonderful girl. She's stubborn, though. And you're good, you're, you're, you're taking a tiger by the tail with this girl. But I said, I want you to know one thing, first of all, that if you ever, my daughter says, Dad, he's a military guy. You can't give him the broken oh, knees. I will. He says, watch me. And I said to him, I says, if you ever touch my, I know you're in your 20s now, and but if you ever touch my daughter inappropriately, I'll break both your legs. And I said, and I know you're tougher than me in military, but I'll get you from behind. <laughs> I love it. Stay and with then us. I told them too, all of them, when you marry my daughters, it's for a lifetime. Don't You got them. it. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Jesse, I should say Steve Ray sitting in for Jesse today. It's a Friday. And uh, we're having a great conversation about keeping the kids Catholic. Steve, before I ask you this question about love for Scripture, I just want to confirm what you said with your son, Jesse, about, I used the word apologetics. In other words, you had the, the Jehovah Witnesses in your home, the Mormons. I did the exact same thing. I always welcomed them in. My kids got into listening. They learned by observing. And yeah. uh, that was key. My son uh, and my daughter still open are open to talking to these people and i have to be honest with you my boys uh let's just say they think highly of themselves okay in the sense of apologetics <laughs> to a point where they 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 bring it on they want it they, they'll they'll go out of their way to have a conversation with somebody even at work my son's oh, a sure. roofer but um yeah. he just says that dad i the mormons i love because i know where i can go, uh, go with it i know i've been formed so they, 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 they leave and they're scratching their head going, uh, I don't know what to say. And, and I have to be honest with you. I told my <laughs> yep. sons, I said, don't bloat about it, you know, because, you know, they have only been formed on a certain approach to life. Share the gospel. And uh, but but don't be so proud about it. You know, they, they glee about being able to talk to these guys. But, you know, they're young. And I, and I get that. I think I would have probably been in the same situation and saying, boy, they ran into the wrong dude, you know, that kind of stuff. Yep. But, but Steve, here's something that I, I still see my kids with their, they, they have the Ignatius Bible and right in their home. Uh, they, they love scripture. They, they send things to me about um, the saints or they do things that, I, I mean, it was like they got it, okay? So 
I want to ask you, how did you inculcate a love for Scripture? Now, I know you're a convert. I'm a cradle Catholic. So how is how was it that you got the kids to embrace the Bible as your rule in the sense of going to Scripture on a regular basis for direction in the meaning and purpose of life? It's very simple. Kids will love what their parents love. <laughs> you think? That's simple. <laughs> right. If dad loves football... And that's all he cares about. Guess what? The kids are going to grow football. up loving. Football. They're going to be. It's all they're going to care about. If Dad is a multifaceted guy yeah. who loves football, but he also loves going to mass and reading the Bible. Yeah. And he loves his wife. Yes. And he loves to mow the lawn and have fun with the kids. The kids are going to be like Dad. Yes. My dad and mom loved the Bible. I grew up with that love of Scripture. I bet you did. They even bribed me, Terry. They yes. To memorize Bible verses. I did that with my kids. And it's a smart thing to do. <laughs> I did. Because get them to memorize it when they're young and their brains it's can never, memorize. It's never, I can't it never do it anymore. Yeah, exactly. But kids love what their parents love. Yes. If if the if you don't ever open the Bible at home and you never discuss it and right. challenge it and even question it at right. times, the, the, what makes you think the kids are going to do it later when they get older? See? Uh, so our family, we always did uh, things like that. You know, the, I had a Bible study at my house and the kids always were involved in it, helping get ready for it. Yes. I, we went out to dinner one time and oh. we had a, a very intense discussion with the family. Mm -hmm. And the parents said to the kids, you, you have to leave. This is an adult discussion. And I thought that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. I want my kids in the room yeah. to hear the discussion, to hear us arguing, yeah. to hear us talking about problems, adult problems and politics and religion and everything else, and business issues. Mm -hmm. That's how the kids get learning, and it makes it. They want to be involved yeah. in what the family's doing. Yeah. They love to hear dad argue and discuss and come. <coughs> that other family that told the kids they had to leave, I, the kids wanted to listen of so bad. They, and, that's and, how they learn. And the, they kicked them out of the room. I just, I, it was embarrassing to me. Yeah, I understand, Steve. One of the things I noticed <coughs> well, that uh, as I get older, that my own adult kids. When they see what we do for our grandchildren and, you know, the tenderness, all the love, they said to me, Dad, that's, that's what you did for us when we were little kids, didn't you? And I thought it was just so ironic because uh, that's what they saw. They saw, you're just doing the same thing you did when we were little babies. Because they don't remember. Yes, exactly. You don't remember what your life when you were a little kid. Very few memories I have. Some people may remember, remember more. I don't. But they, but I, I agree that the, I think that our kids love watching yes. my wife and I yep. relate to their kids. Exactly. Because it's, it's, it's a generational thing. You know, yep. we love them. Now we love the grandkids. Right. And they're going to then love their grandkids. Exactly. And it's, um, no, it's beautiful. And then Steve, let me ask you, I, for, for our family, when I grew up as a Catholic, you weren't Catholic as a child. But my dad gave incentives for all of us kids. Once a month, we would go to confession, okay? We would go to 31 Flavors. Now, that's an ice cream place, okay? <laughs> it is. Baskin Robbins. Uh, okay, I didn't know if it was out in your neck of the woods. But we, I looked forward to <laughs> going to confession because I knew, hey, I'm going to have a nice ice cream. My dad took us to church. Yes. We were young kids. I'd rather go catching frogs, chasing girls, <laughs> playing baseball. Yeah. I didn't want to go sit in church for an hour in his right. Baptist church service. Yeah. But my dad 
brought these little candies with yeah. him. Yes. And he would give us the candies and he would also sit there and he would tickle my ear. I still remember that he tickled wow. my neck and my ear. And I had the impression that my dad was giving me 100% of his attention. Yes. And I didn't realize till later he was very smart because kids, if, if parents touch them, caress them nicely like that, yes. the kid thinks that they're getting all the attention, mm -hmm. but my, I would I would look forward to going to church. Steve, I want to ask you a, a very personal question about your mom yeah. and dad. And yeah. at the end of their life, you did something that I think was really, really special. Uh, not not just for your dad. You did that uh, you know video on your father. But with your mom, it was during COVID. And she was in a hospital or in a some facility. Nursing home. Nursing yeah. home. And you, can, you could not visit physically with her. What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> we made them keep her on the first floor mm -hmm. in the nursing home. Yep. We may have even paid extra. I don't remember my brother and I, and then we would go sit outside and yell and talk to her through the window. Exactly. <laughs> we, we do that. It's an awesome story. And but, it, we, but we, 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 it was my dad too. We visited a lot, but my mom after COVID was over, yeah. you know, she died at a hundred years old. She wow. was, she was Stubborn, she wasn't gonna die. She wasn't gonna go before a hundred. That's, and she died on Mother's Day. She she was yes. a stubborn one. But um, I read stories to her. We, my wife and I'd go over, and I read read stories to her that she read to me. Awesome. We read to her Great. Charlotte's Web. I read to her Heidi. Yep. I read. I can't remember them all, but I would read these stories to her. Mm -hmm. And she loved it. She just loved it. And then I would always do the readings of the day because she's not Catholic. But I say, Mom, and everywhere in the Catholic world today, these are the readings at the Mass today. Beautiful. So we, we had— It was awesome. You, you, yeah. you implemented the fourth commandment in a very heroic way, right. from my perspective. Yep. Now, your father, who wasn't Catholic, but obviously right. was a, his, a very holy man. From what I could tell, he was so God-centered that if I met him— I would have loved him personally. Oh, you would have loved him and, and his Christianity because yes. it was real. I always said to people that everybody loved my dad because my dad loved Jesus. Exactly. And his love for Jesus oozed out of him. Oh, yeah. And he was the most gentle, loving, compassionate guy you'd ever want. And he was an evangelist. He talked to everybody about Jesus. <laughs> I love it. I remember and that. And so I grew up with that. Yeah. Talking to people about Jesus was just part of what our family did. Yep. And so my, my mom and dad were great examples. And I often say that I, I contribute, attribute the relationship I've had with my wife and my kids yes. in great degree to my mom and dad. Oh, yeah. Because I had a great school. Yeah. How do you, how does a husband relate to his wife? Well, my dad taught me that by living it. Yes. So when I got married, it was easy for me to know about being a husband and to lead the home. Yes. And it was easy for me to know how to raise the kids because I lived in a great school. Yep. My dad and mom read the Bible and prayed together awesome. every day. That was how they started their day. Awesome. They never missed church on Sunday and they made it fun for us to go. Yep. After church, kids, we're going to go get a Dairy Queen. Just like you with the 31 flavors. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, That's funny. But, but again, I say that it was my dad yes. who was involved. My dad, real quickly, because I know we're running out of time. Three minutes. But my dad always had the same job at Ford Motor Company, roughly the same job for 35 years before he retired. When I got older, I said, Dad, why didn't you get promoted? Why did you always have yes. the same job? He said, because every time they came in, they called me into the human resource department, I said, Charlie, we got a job uh, promotion for you, more money. And he'd say, I got a question for you first. 
if I accept this job, will I have to work weekends and evenings? And they said, yes. He said, got to turn you down. Yep. I, I have three boys at home beautiful. that need me more than Henry Absolutely. Ford. We have something in common. I've never shared this with you. My father worked 30-some years for Sears and Roebuck. There are hardly any Sears. But when I was a kid, Sears was big. Oh, yeah. Well, he worked in the auto department selling tires and batteries. And they said, Mr. Barber, we got a promotion for you. And the question came, the same, I never shared this with you. Does this mean I'm going to have, uh, you know, what is it, more hours to end and on yeah. weekends? And they said, yes. And he said, no, thank you. I want to be yep. with my family. So we have something in common. Brother. Exactly. My dad, we would, there was a, we lived in the country. There was a big tree. Yeah. We would climb up in the tree <laughs> and we knew dad was going to come over the hill at exactly five o'clock. Wow. And he always had a little candies or something awesome. he bought for us along the way. And he was always there for dinner and he prayed for dinner. And then in the evening, he yes. would read us stories. We yes. didn't have a television when I was a boy. Dad wow. read us stories about heroes <laughs> and he talked to us about the Bible. And then at night, every night, he would sing us hymns to put us to bed. He's in bed, he's singing, on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. God bless This you. is why I grew up the way I did. Oh, absolutely. Steve... You owe a lot to your mom and dad. And this is the key in, in our world today. Uh, the, the, the way the family goes is the way the culture yeah. goes. You got me all emotional. Well, I, well I'm emotional too, brother. When You, you didn't tell what, me you were going to do No, this. I didn't. But you know what, Steve? From the heart, what you just said about your father touched me because my dad had a very similar experience. And we knew when we played ball games, my mom and dad were at every game I yep. was at. And, you know, I looked... On the field, I'd look out of the stadium, out of the, the little benches where they'd sit, and I knew where my mom and dad, and you know what that did to me, don't you? Yep. It said I was important. Yep, and watch the movie The Hill. I will. I wrote it down. And watch the, it's 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 a great movie. But yep. uh, yes, I, dad, yep. step up to the plate. Yep. Take well, home the kids. Absolutely. Them, guide them, discipline them, be their friend. Yep. Well, Steve Ray, thank you for being my friend, too. I consider it an honor, and I put it right on the air. Anytime your family's out to the West Coast, the Barber Ranch is available for any of them. Well, we would you. always welcome them You're to our home. You're a good friend, Terry. Oh. You've been a good friend for 30 years. <laughs> well, any good I do comes from God, and I thank him for it, brother. Steve Ray, if you were Jesse, I'd say, what state should we be living in? You're in Michigan, but don't say Michigan. Say the state of grace, brother. Yeah, move out of California and get into the state of grace. Amen. And don't forget, Our Lady of Fatima said souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices. Let's live in the presence of God. Let's offer everything to Jesus through Mary. May God richly bless you in this new year that God has given to us. And again, I want to thank all our listeners who support us with their prayers and their financial support, the Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And as I always say, full sheen ahead. God love you.